0: Welcome to the Parentals Podcast. Parentals is a community platform built to help people navigate the challenges of parenthood. You can find us on social media at parentals.app or www.parentals.app for more info. Every couple of weeks we're going to be bringing you new episodes where we speak to different people about the challenges they've faced when having a baby. I'm an expecting parent with our first baby June 19th of April. So I'm on this journey to learn more about what to expect to help me best prepare for my new job of becoming a dad. In this episode I'm speaking to Gerpreet Singh, aka Sikh Dad, a father of four, with two girls, Munseema, age 13, Gerline, age 8, and two boys, Gobind, age 4, and Sahib, age 3. Gerpreet is a mental health professional working for the charity Mind. He's also a fully certified family coach, working with individuals and groups to awaken their authentic selves. He is co founder of Seek Parenting, an online parenting community with the aim of raising spiritual children together. He's also a keen fundraiser, raising funds for those in need by running marathons. We talk about the challenges of integrating new babies into your family, managing screen time, and much, much more. Remember to follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Subscribe on YouTube at parentals.app to watch clips of all these episodes. Here's the episode. I hope you enjoy it. Well, I'll just kick off by asking about when you and your partner first met.
1: Wow, that's that's an interesting one. We were actually talking about that the other day because we used to go to college together back in the days. And uh, so we did, our paths crossed there, um, which is interesting. Um, but we didn't really, you know, converse much. It was just kind of like, I knew who she was, she knew who I was, and, and that was about it, really. And um, it wasn't until years later um, that I actually come into my faith and adopted kind of spiritual path um and then she um kind of saw me out in the community and uh, recognized me and then approached me and said that she was going through a transition in her life and um you know I didn't really kind of know how to navigate that at that moment um but she needed uh she had questions and she needed them answered and she Looked at me as doing that. So we became friends, ultimately. And uh, then uh, we realised that um, we wanted to get married. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, cutting a long story short, that's, that's how, we, how, how we are, really. Yeah. How old were you then? Um, I was 24. Yeah, we were both mid-20s, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, how old were you when, you when you had your first?
1: Literally. So we got married and uh, a few months later we found out we were expecting. So I was 25, just turned 26, literally, that month. That Munsimha was born,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That happened to me, mate, recently, actually. <laughs> like, um, oh, what's the what's the the honeymoon, like honeymoon baby, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, mate, mate, got so, how many kids have you got now?
1: Four, yeah, four. two two girls and two boys,
0: yeah. And what are the names and their uh, ages? So,
1: Munsimha is 13, Gurleen is eight, Gorbind is four, and Sahib is three, yeah.
0: So a little gap in between. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't, you didn't learn from the first time. Well,
1: yes yeah, it's, it's exactly as it was really, as yeah. it was meant to happen.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously it's going to have changed through the through the different sort of experiences from you know your first, and I'd be interested to know, you know, what, what happened the first time, and then how you know things maybe changed over time, but. Do you remember with the first how you prepared um, for your baby's arri-
1: arrival? Yeah, I mean, it was very much, um, you know, going to the appointments. And um, I think we had an antenatal class every once a week um, at the hospital with other parent, first-time parents. And, um, you know, watching the videos and things like that. And uh, my wife was quite on it. So she knew what she wanted from the offset in a birthing plan and everything. And I was kind of new to it all, really. And I was just kind of going along with it. But I remember, like, you know, um, I think it was Baby Centre. They used to send the emails every week. You know, what is how is your child progressing (laughs) until the point that they were born? And we had this book as well and things like that um, that we're, we're kind of looking at and, You know, it was very much like we've spoken about, um, going out and buying the kitchen sink, literally buying everything beforehand because you don't know what it is you're going to need. Um, and yeah, just preparing in that way, I guess as best as, best as we could.
0: Mm. And do you think with the, did you do less of that with the third and the fourth?
1: 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Once we were way more relaxed, (laughs) we've been there before, we know what to expect and, um, we know what what's important, and we know that you know, like you said, whatever you need, you you can buy afterwards as well. You have have the basics for that time because you know what that is. And again, I think the really the big thing for us is the the you know being relaxed and knowing you know what what to expect because you've been there before. You know, don't have the same anxiousness of oh, how is this going to go? And um, the preparation is you know different this time, and you're at a different stage of life as well. Um, so yeah, all those. Factors play a part. Do
0: do you remember any of like the worries that you had with your first? Because obviously you're the first dad, which I've mentioned to you that I've spoken to. um So I've heard a lot from the mum's perspective, Mm. which is obviously good to help me sort of try and understand what my girlfriend's going through. But do you remember any of the sort of stresses, anxieties that you you know you faced? Mm. You know, when when your 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 wife was uh,
1: pregnant. Yeah, it was it was. I found it quite difficult because most men do because obviously, um, they're listening to their wife's experience without experiencing it. So it's almost like, you know, your wife is telling you all these things that are changing with her and uh, you are trying to kind of try to understand and feel that. But it's difficult because it's not happening to you. You're watching it happen to her. But you're thinking, you know, and you're wondering, how should you be feeling? What should you be saying? What should you be doing to try and make things better? And that's that's kind of where you think because you, you, you want your wife to, you know, have the best experience and you're kind of working out, you know, because it's unknown to you. Um, you're working out what it is that you need to do um, all the way from the point, I guess, from things change from the point that you find out that you're having a child all the way to, um, you know, the birth. And for me, every single pregnancy, I've kind of not enjoyed it because the time has been so slow like you feel like time is standing still for that amount of time. It's like your life is almost on hold, uh, waiting for this arrival. Um, so I found it difficult in those ways.
0: Yeah. And um, what 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 was the sort of, what would you say is like the best, you know, the best, the sort of the best thing that you learned through going through this four times? Like, what well, if you were to do it again, how would you sort <laughs> of prepare? What would, you know, what would, what would you do?
1: um i think or like what advice could you give yeah, me basically yeah no i think you know just know yourself um and know that you're doing your best um and know that some things may happen that you know you may not have expected but they're okay you know no try to um look at how your you are in touch with your emotions um and and what to like i said what to expect so know that you know um you're going to prepare as much as you can and do the best that you can. But, you know, if you forget something or you know, something doesn't quite go to plan or whatever it is, it's okay. Um, and it's your child at the end of the day. So, um, you know, you, you're you going to know your child best and you're going to get to know your child. Um, and that's a process. And now you're going to take time to build that relationship from the first moment you find out that you're going to have a child um, to the point that your child is born, to the point that your child is, you know, three months, six months, you know, starts, you know, standing up, starts, you know, starts walking and all these things, your relationship is going to change all the time. You have to adapt to that change and your, you know, parenting is going to change as they, as they grow up. So you always need to know that maybe doing this at this point with them, but then that's going to, that's going to change. That's going to move on. So you're going to have to be open to, to that. But the, the key thing is that, you know, allowing yourself, that space and that time to grow as a parent and allowing that love to build, um, is really important.
0: When, when do you, when do you think it first hit you? Because obviously like we are, we have a completely different experience. Mm. We don't have a baby in, you know, yeah. inside us for what, 10 months. Yeah. yeah. And I know personally, like, I think it's only just recently started to hit me that like, you yeah. know, now we've started filling mm. that the house. Like, uh, when did it first start? Like when did it first hit
1: you? I think, um, after Mansima was born and you know every know the family and everybody surrounded and everything like that and then you know afterwards when you're kind of it's just you guys and then you know you got to do the day-to-day things that were new to me like you know changing nappies the bath time you know you know going to work and then coming home and then you know being on on duty being a dad um you know that that's when it hit me and you know when she's crying, and then, you know, what What do you do? How do you soothe a child? You know, all these things are well, new to me, totally new. So that's when it kind of hit me that, okay, this is a reality. And, you know, things in my life that I was maybe doing, um, you know, personally, where I had time for myself, I had to sacrifice those things. And that's when it hit me because I was like, okay, I realize now it's just not me anymore. It's me, my wife and my daughter. So it's not like, you know, in my wife had different expectations of me then at that point because i'm not only her husband anymore i'm also her a father of her child so all these things um you know it hit me i Mm.
0: guess and do you remember how you felt when you first saw you know well each of them
1: yeah, definitely. I think um, with with Mansima, fir- our first, was really different because, again, as I said to you, um, you have certain expectations at the beginning. So um, the mother's going to be the first one to hold the child because that's what you've, you've seen, like, in the movies, right? That's how you think it pans out. But it so happened that my wife had a C-section and uh, I was the first one to hold her. And I wasn't expecting that to happen, right? So that was, you know, it was, you know, like it was nearly midnight and we'd been there the whole day and things like that. And just remembering, like, I still never forget that when I was giving her like, and her eyes were closed and they were just opening up for the first time. And it was just like, that was the first, first, first thing that she saw was me. And, you know, I held her and, you know, that, I, that's still with me like 13 years. I can still remember that moment. You know, and you know, each each one of them being born is that time, you know, that special time yeah. where you, you know, have that space to to connect with them because obviously, you know, your wife is just, just given birth, so you know, you hold the child, you have skin to skin time with the child, you get, get to get to know the, get to know them like in that way, their energy and you know, they, they're feeling you and you know what they need, you know, it's just you know, so many memories.
0: Did you um, did you ever feel inferior? in any of these situations that you're in
1: hundred percent at first, because it was all new to me and it was just like, you know, um, pressure inside your m- mind, because, you know, like I said, I was getting to getting used to changing nappies, getting used to bath times, getting used to how to you know, hold her correctly and all these things. And uh, yeah, I felt, I felt inferior to what I believed a dad should be like, what they should measure up to in their head, in my head because I was, especially with other people who were parents before, like, you know, even if I was holding her, that might be like, oh, you need to do a bit of that, you need to move a sport ahead a bit this way. And, do, and I felt a bit like, oh my God, like, you know, in that way and, and all sorts of things. But you know, that, as I spoke to you, said to you before, I did feel that pressure and that made me feel like not a good dad first time round, because I was looking at, um, maybe feeling inferior, having a certain anxiousness and, and all things and not, not being able to to cope even though I did learn so many new things, I never gave myself enough credit for that.
0: Yeah. And how did you manage those sort of first few weeks and months, you know, going through this, going through this these emotional changes? Like how did you manage?
1: Like it like most men, just sat with it and didn't tell anyone <laughs> yeah. because you know I didn't I didn't know where to start with it. And again, we had a lot going on, you know, being first-time parents and things like that. Um, so I just kept it inside me really. And, and over time, that was a bad thing because over time I felt like, uh, as I said, when I look back that I didn't do enough, I had this thing in my mind that I'm not doing enough. Um, but what does doing enough mean? I didn't know what that meant, but I felt it because I hadn't shared it with anyone that I felt like this. Um, and I, maybe if I did share, share it, it would have been like, well, you know, you've learned X, Y, and Z give yourself some credit you know this is new to you as well you're adapting but i didn't i didn't feel i was able to share that really out there because i didn't feel mm. that there, there was that space there i mean parenting has changed as well in those 13 years it's, yeah
0: and how did that how did that experience change you know for the second third
1: fourth i think it changed massively second time round because i went through a few things in my life a few uh, you know I had a few l- events that happened in my life that, that changed the way I looked at, at my life. And also, um, you know, we waited a few years to, you know, become parents second time round. So it was almost the gratitude there, the gratefulness, because first time round, we just got married and we weren't really expecting to be parents in that way. So it was kind of like, it just came and it, we just, you know, adapted and changed. But there was a, a longing second time round for all these things to be parents again. And I saw it as a second chance. I saw it as an opportunity to grasp this because I said, like in my mind, I'd felt that I hadn't done enough first time. So it was like, this was coming along now and it, this was an opportunity. So that really changed things. Everything I do now in the parenting space came from there.
0: Yeah. And what like, what advice could you give someone like me then who's coming into having my first child? Like what, what from everything that you've yeah. learned, you know, what, 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 give what, yourself what a it? pat on the back
1: yeah. <laughs> definitely give you uh, you know celebrate your achievements celebrate the first times you, you you do something with your child like i said whether it's you know first bath time first nappy change first whatever it is first milestone of something celebrate the child's milestones as well because it the time just goes so quickly but the key thing is know where you are like say uh, as a parent you know what are the things that you're doing what are the things that you've achieved and what are the things that you need to improve on without, you know, putting yourself down because, you know, like I said, your, your child is going to love you the way you are, right? And you will know that and you will learn that as you, as you evolve and they evolve as well. There's no such thing as a perfect parent, but you've got to be real with it. And this is where we, well, I'd give that advice to anyone. Just be real, be yourself. You know, you know your child, right? You will get to know your child and you will know what it is that they need. And they don't need the perfect parent, they just need you to be yourself.
0: Mm. um in the earlier days with <laughs> like particularly with the first, did you ever feel like any envy towards your wife or or towards the relationship that or or the connection that you had with your wife or envy or or did you feel it was different?
1: Yeah, I think I felt a little bit envious that she just knew what she was doing um <laughs> <laughs> completely, <laughs> like she just you know she had everything under control, it looked like, to me. And that's where I felt, like, inferior, because I felt like I don't know what I'm doing, like, in that way. But again, like I said, that was my own issues because, you know, I wasn't even looking at at the progress I was making. I was expecting myself to be the perfect dad that you see, like, you know, out there, right, at the moment. So, yeah, I would say that. But my wife was very uh, supportive as well. I have to give her the credit for that as well. She did assist me in many things, and she always tried to say to me, look, you know, her, her, her way of saying things was very good at the time to say, well, you know, you need to, to do this next time or the milk is like this or whatever it is, you need to kind of, you know, she had a way of saying that, you know, do this next time rather than saying, you're not doing this right. I'm going to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And that happens. I've, I've seen yeah. and heard that in relationships and then the dad doesn't do anything. And then later on, mum is like I've got three four kids now and I'm doing everything My dad doesn't do anything because he never had the space and uh, allowed that time to develop do you remember like what your sort
0: of instinct was did you did you have any instinct at that time was there any you know did you feel the need to protect your family in a particular way did you you know provide for them you know what, yeah or, what, definitely or, like, was,
1: I mean, was there another part that you thought you yeah you, you, I think definitely I was doing the uh, contracting at the time and it was in my head that look I'm going to be a dad now I can't be changing my jobs all the time I need to have a bit of stability because then like you said that kind of role as the provider comes in a uh, responsibility comes in where you know you, you're going to be a father and you remember your dad you know being that person who went to work you know all day long and you know was the breadwinner right so that that pressure is kind of um it's instinctive and it's it's there and it's kind of like expected like you said the, the mom's meant to know and be prepared for every situation and be on top of things and the dad has that other side where you know especially in this point where my wife was on maternity leave so you know she wasn't working for a year so it was like okay my job is to make sure that we've got enough uh, between my my wages covering both of us for a year um in, in that way so there was that pressure there
0: yeah And like, do you think that that impacted you then and how you were interacting with with the baby? And, you know, do you think that was added pressure and, you know, you were getting yourself down because you were trying to do all of this stuff, but you couldn't, you know, contribute in in the home?
1: I think it was in the background. Um, It didn't really, I didn't really think about it when I was with my daughter in that way, but it was there in the background, like conversations that maybe we'd have after that um with my wife where we'd say oh maybe you know we need to get this we need to get that we need to do this we need to do that and then I would always be like kind of thinking in my mind okay you know um this three month period six month period and then getting to nine months and when like we're on statutory now for the last we are getting nothing yeah, yeah. so that how we're going to manage the last but we always did and I think something my mother-in-law shared with us I can't even remember whether it was before um when we were expecting or, or when we had actually had the she said a child comes with their own destiny right so she said you don't need to worry about providing for that child because that child is already taken care of and i always remember she said that and i can say you know four kids down the line that, that that's that's true we believe in that and i believe in that
0: so what, like, can you, can you talk more to that? Like, Yeah,
1: like, I mean, in terms of, you know, financially, you've got to provide for the child, you've got to give the child food, you've got to clothe the child, you've got to do all these things that we do as parents, but that child comes ready-made with that destiny already that you don't need to worry about these things that, that you, you know, you keep working hard, you keep doing your best, you keep, you know, providing as you would, but don't have the worry that, you know, there's not enough. There's always enough. And that child will come because, you know, like, you know, um, when the baby's born, you know, people will buy the child things, presents and things like that, you know, things that you hadn't even thought about that you might need. Oh, do you need this? Do you need that? There's, there's always that support there. Um, and like I said, you know, I've experienced that and I've seen it happen that ultimately, you know, that, that the child doesn't want for anything in that way. Um, and you can, you can provide for the child.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. Um, do you remember? Um, do you remember having to deal with any like sleep deprivation or you know what 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 was that? What was the routine? You know, maybe, maybe let's start with the first and then we can obviously evolve this as you know you got to, to the fourth. But how did you know? How did you and your your wife manage that
1: routine? See, I'm laughing already <laughs> because um, it just just hits you right because I'm a deep sleeper myself. So even on the best of days, like you know, I need a couple of minutes to. But it was almost jolt like you're up like and then it's just like you know but my wife she she knew that she was on maternity leave and that you know um i got to go to work and she did she did factor that one in um but obviously I was up at various times of night you know uh you know with my daughter walking around with her doing these things and, and all sorts of things but it's an interesting one because um you do learn to survive on x amount hours sleep right and if you have to have a little, you're going to be nodding off now and again. That's what a dad does, right? It's just, <laughs> that's what you look at a dad as falling asleep. Like, you know, all of a sudden I couldn't stay awake for match of the day anymore because I was like out by half ten or whatever it is. right? You, you learn that. But the interesting thing is when I thought I was on top of it. So I still remember like, so I was a dad of two. And then, you know, um, when Gorbin was born, baby number three. I thought, yeah, I've got this mastered. I've got this absolutely down to a T now. Third time round, you know, experience and all these things. And I remember the first month, I I felt like a zombie walking around, like a zombie. I still remember one day I was working with my father-in-law outside on our gate, and uh, I was falling asleep standing up outside. Literally, I was exhausted, and uh, that was that was humbling because I was like, "You haven't got this mastered yet." You haven't got this under control like you thought. Oh you got two, three, it's just easy. And and that was uh yeah, that was humbling. <laughs> yeah.
0: What what were the biggest challenges, like you know, for the second, for then the third, and and subsequently the fourth?
1: Obviously already having a child. So having to adapt to um, you know, my daughter having a sibling. And um, you know, we thought that we're doing a good thing here where, <laughs> you know, we're trying to involve her and in everything and, you know, say, you know, you got You know, sister. You know, first time, first time round. It was, as I said, we had two girls, right? So, how
0: how old was the first? So, Minsima was was
1: five when Gréline was born. So, she was at that stage where she realizes psychologically that somebody else has come in here now, and um, and she was the first grandchild from both sides of the family. So, she had everything, all the time, and all the the gifts and all the memories and and all sorts so it was all of a sudden a shock to her that it's, even though we were preparing her as best as we could like I was I was stepping up and and things like that so you know my wife was with uh, you know our second child and I was with and more like in that we tried to you know bridge the gap there but yeah the, the dynamics change because all of a sudden you know there's somebody else with my mum and dad now And um, all sorts of things. I still remember that she was at first, she was drawing family photos of us with just the three of us. And uh, we're like, no, Grelin is here now, there's four of us. And one really interesting point, I still never forget this because we thought, you know, a month or two down the line, you know, we've got this, we're doing really well. There's been no real hiccups, there's been no issues or nothing. But one day we was, you know, as you could see from our living room, we've got two parts of the living room, right? Mm. So we were all in the second part of the living room, right? All four of us. And then all of a sudden we realised Mansima's just gone to the other side of the room. She's there on her own, like that. Like. And we're like, what's going on here? So we w- I walked over to Monsimba and I was like, what's going on? she's like, well, you know, you were all together and I'm on my own. And we're like, what's going on here? We're trying to figure out what's going on. But when we actually come to the crux of it, it was the first day she'd gone back to school and mm. she'd realised that her sister was at home with her mum all day. Yeah. And that was the point for her. And, and we like, wow, where did that come from? But that was something for us where we kind of like, you know, we realised that, you know, you've got to be on top of this and try to navigate that. And that's been the, been the thing with, you know, when another child comes into the family, how do the siblings adapt to it? Yeah. Um, because, you know, and, and you as a parent have to realise that there's always that settling in period, where you your family's going to take a little bit of time to readjust and know that that's normal, and it's going to maybe take a few months for everyone to settle down again after you know a big you know life changing event.
0: Yeah, yeah, it fascinates me. Um, the you know the the hierarchy of the you know, yeah. first, second, third, Because I'm one of fourth.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm I'm number two of four. Um, and I always say, and my girlfriend's one of four as well. She's yeah, number four. So we always talk about <laughs> it, and I but I always say, um my older brother's never forgiven me for being born. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, I, look, I, and it's just sort of psychologically, like it yeah. must be such a, you know, for, he's only 15 months older than me wow, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, to have this time where it's just you, you're the sort of main character and then some, you yeah. know, you've got then got to share with someone else. Because for mm. me, I've never experienced life just on my own. Yeah, that's true. I've always had my older brother, so I've always sort of yeah. been, you know, being being sort of like, you know, yeah, not you know i've never really been the center yeah. of it, so it's it's just sort of normal to me but what like what tips could you give people who might be having their second uh, or you know or third or you know another another child and how to best integrate you know a new baby into this into the
1: picture um i think it's difficult um because there's going to be naturally that that new energy is coming to the house right the new Child with a with a new destinies come in the house, so that has to be honoured as well, right? And say, well, you know what, you've a, a new part, a new member of our family has joined, right? So even though that might be difficult because, like you said, the psychology behind it, but that child also needs needs that space as well to come into the come into the house. Um, but then you also have to manage those that are already there as well. Um, and have their place and have their routines, and the routines are going to be slightly disrupted. But I think where you've got um, where you've got two two of you, um, then you kind of know before what it is your role is with the children, and and know that okay, you're going to have to explain certain things, and so they're going to ask maybe certain questions. Um, what's happened here? You know, um, you know. I used to do this before, and I don't do this now. And, and things like that and you've got to be open with them to say look you know your brother and sister has come now and you know they're part of the family as well reassure them go look you know we w- the way that I feel about you has not changed we still do this this and this but you know um, expectations and say look you know what we did this before we might not be able to do this today we might do this tomorrow and not promise them everything because you know you've got a new baby in the house and you know like I said you need to adjust to that and you don't know what it's like being a parent to two or three or four because you are every child is different and you know you are at different stages you've got other commitments as well you know you're working you're doing all these other things trying to spin various plates as well so you need to you know honor where you are at your stage but i think key thing is communicate with your children communicate with your partner um let everybody know where they are and and let everybody know what's happening be open as well and um, try and be truthful, um, and main thing is don't make promises that you can't keep and say, you know, definitely this is going to happen with you, you know, this is yours, you know, this is going to happen like this, because you don't know. So you have to be uh, be able to adjust and, um, you know, speak to them openly and say, look, you know, if this isn't going to happen like this, we'll try our best to do it like this, and, and tell them how mum and dad are also adjusting as well. I just be open.
0: Mm. Um and you said earlier that you did you were doing contracting work for the first um did you have any time off when the baby was born? Yes,
1: um i've uh, always had I've always had two weeks paternity leave standard mm. um it was actually when our third was born, my son I actually um had because things had changed by then because the dad could take paternity leave then, and I'd actually arranged to have a month off work after he was born, so I'd have the paternity leave. And then a few months down the line, actually have a month or two, I can't even remember how much it was, off, um, arranged. But it just so happened that I changed jobs. And that, that never happened. But the plan was there. It was set in stone that this was going to happen. I was really looking forward to it. But it didn't quite happen. But, yeah, the standard two weeks is, is all I had, really.
0: Mm-hmm. And how, how did you then manage integrating back into, you know, doing your job full-time? Yeah. Like, how did, how did that impact your relationship? You know, did, you know, were the. Do you remember, you know, coming home and, you know, what was the situation yeah, in house yeah. like?
1: The first day was always the hardest. <laughs> the first day going back to work after the paternity leave was the hardest because your heart and your mind and your soul is still there at home with the child, and but your body is, had to get up and go to work. And it's just like you're just torn. That first day is just like the worst day that I've ex- felt every single time. That first day of going back. Um, but then after that, then you, obviously it gets less and less and you readjust and you realise that you've got to, you know, you've got to, your purpose is, you know, you've got to, you know, work um, and provide for your family. That's that's just how it is. Um, but then when you do get those times, um, like I always, since i become a dad, I've always taken holidays when the kids had holidays. I've never just taken holidays for me. Um, it's always about them. And um, so I always know that I've got that, coming up and looking forward to to that um but something else I want to mention as well that family time I was always under that that notion that family time is holidays going out doing all these things and yes we do all those things but family time is just you at home with your family as well on a normal day as well that's also family time and that's always something to uh to cherish
0: yeah um, how did you manage the financial aspect of having a baby? And obviously, then two, three, four. How yeah. how did it change from the first to the fourth? Was you know you, you're obviously a, a very efficient with it now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think um, like I said, there's always that period of settling in. Like you know, when you, you move house, for example, you got to know that you know the mortgage or whatever it is for a certain amount of time. You're going to have to settle settle down and settle in to your new rhythm and again you know you've got one child two three four whatever it is is that settling in period where you know that okay you've got a new child now your expenses are going up in this way um but then you know your other child has now come off nappies for example or whatever it is it's like i say it always balances out there's never kind of that you know that worry that you know you're not going to have enough in that way um but obviously we're human it gets to it when you first hear, OK, you're going to have to you know, your family's getting bigger and, you know, um, and everything. But I think the key thing is just to to stay relaxed as possible and plan the best as you can and, and know, OK, look, this is coming up that so-and-so's birthday is coming up. They're going to, you know, this is what's going to happen and know beforehand Um, that, you know, so-and-so is going to need this now, they're coming to this stage and balancing act of it. But again, the key thing is that they always know that you're doing your best. You're always trying your best to provide whatever it is. But the key thing is to, after a while, when you settle down, you know what it is that they need, right? And other things are, are great on top if you can manage them. But knowing what they need and satisfying, that's important. And, you know, giving them treats after and things like that. And the key thing is experiences and your time. Because you can, we've done all this, and other parents have probably done all this, where they've gone out and bought the most expensive stuff and all this stuff. But after a while, it just just gets left, and there's no value for it. But the time that you spend with them, when they when they like I said, when you come back from home, and the child is like, play with me, play with me, play with me, play with me, do this with me, do this with me, do this with me. That's what they're remembering. And if you're not able to give them that time, then you know. That, that mounts up with you. But if you can give them that time, then, then, then you are providing for them as well. And, and that's all they want as well. You need to look at what they want. What does a child want? Like, what are their needs? You know, they might, you know, like I said, it's great if you treat them and this, that and the other, but trying to fulfill what it is that they basically need is, is really important.
0: Mm. Yeah, me and mum it said to me that it was like, um, it's just like a lifestyle change. It's like it's not really like expensive, mm. but like it's yeah. your lifestyle changes, and yes. you know, like you were saying, it's not always you know financial things which kids mm. want. Mm. It's that that time and changing how you spend your time. Yes, you know, working with 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 um, with your kids and with your family. And um, how did you manage to maintain a healthy relationship during this time? You know, you know, did you have your challenges? How did you, you know, overcome? these challenges and and you know stay together to have four kids
1: yeah um i think with marriage there's ups and downs obviously with parenting there's there's ups and downs as well but you need to as you mentioned before your lifestyle changes but your purpose also changes as well um so your purpose is is your children and your your marriage and, and all these things are are what hold you together ultimately but knowing, like I said before, key thing is just to communicate and that can be difficult. My wife and I, we've spoken about this because now we've got four. Sometimes we don't talk about meaningful things for like a few days and it will then just be like a news flash. <laughs> like, I need to tell you about this. I need to update you with this. I need to update you with that. And then it's kind of a bit like that. It gets like that. And then, then we need to reassess where we are and say, look, hey, you know what? It's been a bit crazy the last couple of weeks. Let's spend some time together. Like, you know, whatever it is half an hour an hour or whatever just realigning and just talking about you know what's going on you know in your life what's going on in my life and what's new and things like that and reconnecting almost knowing when we get into that stage that hey hang on a minute things are a bit up here and um you know or and also knowing that having an empathy for your partner as well and and looking at reasoning and trying to be in their shoes if they're you know struggling with something or you know, you've left things to them to deal with for a while. And you know that they, you need to help them out and you need to support them as well, because they will support you as well. And I, I think that, you know, you talk about 50-50 in a marriage, right? It's not always like that. Sometimes it's going to be 60-40, 70-30, 80-20, whatever it is. Somebody's going to be giving more at a certain time. They need to acknowledge the fact that that's happening and that, you know, it's going to swing round again, that you may need to do more one day. Your wife might need to do more the other day, or whatever it is. But knowing that as well, and you know, communicating, connecting, knowing where each other are as well is re- it's really important.
0: Yeah. How did you? Um, what did you? How did you sort of manage time for each other
1: during I've, this time? I think we've we've been very fortunate because uh, my in-laws and my parents they live very close to us, so they have always supported us with with childcare. So when there's been a need that maybe we need this time here or, or we've taken some time off work here and there to spend t- with each other um, it's been valuable but knowing that our parents have been there so like maybe one night we might be able to go to dinner like it's our anniversary next week uh, my in-laws are actually abroad at the moment uh, my parents are here so looking after four is quite difficult for them because it's difficult for us but they've said you know what just go out for dinner in the evening and uh, we'll manage things like it's that that's support you know, like my, you know, my sister-in-law, other family members lending a hand, ultimately, um, is is massive, and we really appreciate that. We're grateful for that because, you know, like without my parents, without my in-laws, it'd be very difficult for us. Um, but again, that support structure um, is is has been so valuable for us, and we we really appreciate that. And also the fact that. Our, like, I, me and my wife we didn't really grow up with uh, grandparents really like, I had one grandparent she had one and things like that so we're looking at our children they're very fortunate to have both sets of grandparents but be hands on with them picking them up from school doing all these things with them as well so you know we have to factor that in that, that's been a huge help for us
0: mm. um, and how did, um, how did you make time for yourself during All this, you know between work time with, with your wife yeah, family time did you, Were you still able to make you know? Time no, for I'll be
1: honest with you. I think the at the beginning it was very difficult, um, and I didn't really know what it looked like for me to to be able to to spend that time with myself. And as I said to you before, there was a few life events that happened um, from the from the first to the second, where for a few months I ex- experienced um, low mood for for a while, and and that was a kind of um, sort of a culmination of not taking any time out for myself and um, having pressures and all sorts of things and not speaking to anyone, keeping things inside me. Uh, we were moving house as well. And that's one of the most stressful things that you can ever do. Um, and th- all these things played a part to me to the point that when Guleen was born, my our second child was born that, when I got that new lease of life, when she was born, that new opportunity. Then after that, I realized and I started looking into mental health, started knowing about myself, learning about myself and knowing what self-care is almost. And then making that time for myself, whether that's 10, 15 minutes in the morning, whether that's, you know, half an hour of an evening, whatever it looks like that I know what my self-care routine is and I know what my coping mechanisms are of how I manage myself. So I'm the best that I can be for my my family.
0: Yeah, and like, what advice could you give to other people going, going through something like that? Are there any sort of actionable steps that, you know, someone who might be going through the same situation, what could they do to get themselves out and ultimately, you know, be the best person that they can be for the family?
1: I think you need to firstly observe what is happening with you, right? Um, know what's going on with you know how you're feeling Um, like you know you could be you know like I said when you get to the stage of being low it could be like you know that you're finding it difficult to sleep maybe or your your appetite has changed or you don't want to be around friends anymore or you want to be alone and all these sorts of things because after a while these things start to take their toll on an individual and it's observing what's happening with you um, and how you're feeling and all these sorts of things. And the the difficulty with this is is that everything is internal, right? So everything is kind of over-imagined in oneself. Everything is made like a mountain inside. Um, and it could be that things are not that bad, but because you're not sharing it with anyone, because you're keeping everything internal, things seem really bad And and it may not be that way. So you could be overthinking things. You could be doing all sorts of over-imagining things that are just not happening. But because you're in that space uh, internal where things are looking negative for you and you're feeling low and you're feeling like, you know, all these things um, that you don't know where to turn or what to do. Um, But the thing is, what I would say, is, I said, firstly, just check in with yourself, know exactly what's going on with you and, difficult but at some point you are going to have to speak to someone about it because people will start to notice they will know what is going on with you those that are close with you they'll start to know that you're not yourself and the thing is before like when this happened to me it was very difficult to speak up about it because again i felt like i was not a good dad i felt i wasn't managing things and all these things they take their toll on you but you need to realize that you know you're no good to yourself at that point and you're no good to other people around you um you need to you know look at yourself and you need to um, try to move forward so to become the best version of yourself and and what that looks like um, and you uh, getting support is helping you and it's helping your wife and it's helping your your children and everybody around you Um, because nobody should need to feel that way but the reality is because we keep it to ourselves it becomes so big that we when we're when we're in the right space to share it with someone right it's difficult to share it with someone because you don't know what response you're going to get right but when you when you're at a time and a space where you feel comfortable with sharing it um and know that what your expectations are of you sharing it that it may not be that things are fixed overnight because we have this click and collect mentality where our problems need to be resolved overnight, but it may not be like that. It may be that this is the beginning of something. For me especially, thing, the way I look at it, sometimes you, you've got to give something in order to gain something. Sometimes, you know, some life events will happen, right? And things will change for you or the path that you're on will slightly change and then you need to adjust that. For me, I got a new job. Uh, Galine came, we ended up moving house in the end. A few life things changed for me that gave me some positivity. And what will happen with you is you're just kind of looking for that one thing in your life that gives you some kind of hope, yeah, some kind of positivity that you can hold on to, right, and then build from there. Nice. Um, I know you mentioned before that you both of the in
0: laws are close by. Mm. Did you have any? Did you have any any other people? Did you have any friends around you? Like you mentioned, you went to, you went to the sort of NCT prenatal stuff. Did, did you stay in contact with these kinds of people?
1: Um, I think just um, through through when the kids grew up and they you know started going to school and things like that, then we kind of connected with people. But I think I said family was quite important. Around my sister-in-law was quite important um, with when Muntimer was born um, because she was quite hands-on as well. Like with her um and i think what happens is you know when when the kids start getting social themselves then the parents interact as well more and your your group starts growing more um that way as they grow older um then you start getting in touch with with more parents um but yeah and and that changes as well as as you grow older then people come and go in your life um as well but you should always be open to speaking i love speaking to other parents because they just get it mm. <laughs> it's like an unspoken word yeah. where you just know how they how are feeling you know about certain things and having and you can really sometimes you know a like lot when we're now the kids are growing up a little bit where you're around other parents and they've got grown-up kids as well and they're like you know kids go upstairs their room and do what we need our time as parents yeah. <laughs> and we have a chat about things and we yeah. kind of get things off our chest as it's really healthy
0: yeah yeah yeah, it's good to good to have people. I think that's the value I'm finding with the NCT
1: yeah.
0: classes because um, we don't have family really right. around us. Um, Else from Sydney, um, you know, my family are up north. But I think you know we've got some mates who are having kids, so it's like mm-hmm. you know we're trying to sort of build this little community and network here because you know I've learned how you know important that is and. You know, I think family will come down, and luckily, Elle's sister and mum are coming over for the, for when she gives birth. So it'll be good to have them around. Yeah. But yeah, that's the that's the one thing I think we're a bit we a bit like, yeah. oh, we just need to make sure we've got that. Um, you spoke about the first time with the first you bought all kinds of stuff, <laughs> and you didn't, you know, necessarily use it all. What um, are there any like items or gadgets or products that you? that you found that you couldn't live without <laughs> and are there any which you wish you never would have bought
1: we well, can go going about testing my memory here um but i think you know like i still remember the, the first time we ventured out one or two days after Mansima was born we just went to Ward, the shopping center which is near us and literally everything was loaded like pro, like and then we realized i think what we need is like literally just um Always carry a change of clothes <laughs> we, I will say that hundred percent because so so many times, for the baby yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly yeah for, for us or them yeah. I think but I think we both both need it, but um so many times we've dressed them up amazingly and we're out going somewhere, obviously in the car, you know things can get a bit funny, mm-hmm. right? and then all of a sudden we got stopped somewhere and buy some something else and we're, we're, we we de- we're derailed from it. um but I think you know, like we tried all these um I think things have obviously evolved now massively, but baby monitors, I don't even know what they look like now, but back then or whatever, you know, what they were little webcams or whatever. And we, we used it, but then we realized that we could hear her crying anyway, or, you know, in he or she was in a safe enough position to know that we don't need to monitor them, like in that way. Like, I guess those kind of things. Um, I mean, just, just, as I said to you before, just the essentials um, that you need, um, like a baby bath, um, we had, um, we had the Moses basket and then we had the sleepy head that we bought later on as well. Um, adjusting them to then eventually, um, you know, we used to put, I'll be honest, we used to co-sleep with them as well. And I know sometimes, you know, people don't agree with that, but that felt right for us. And we, we did that. Um, and, and yeah, I think just as I said to you before, have, have the basics, the essentials, um, all the creams and all, all of that kind of stuff that you're going to need. Um the uh I think one thing that we got that was really good was the um the uh it's, we put you to put it in the bath and I still remember it. It's like a little duck.
0: Mm. And then
1: we put it in the bath and it tells us the temperature of the
0: bath.
1: Yeah. And uh it was flash red <laughs> when it was too hot. Yeah, but yeah. those kind of little things, they're coming to my mind now. Yeah. They're quite helpful. Those kind of small things. You know, um get a a um, thermometer for the for the ear, mm. you know, and, and those sorts of things, you know, like the pulse ones you press and it just tells you the reading um as well put your
0: mind at ease yeah
1: those kind of things but i think you get to know after a while what it is you need and what you don't need and like i said don't have the tension that you need to have a to z with you from the beginning because you can buy things as you go along and things are much easier to get now um you know straight at your door literally and um what's the
0: what's been the most challenging thing about being a parent and how have you like overcome overcome it
1: (laughs) That's, that's a big question that is. Um,
0: or some of, doesn't have yeah, to be the yeah. ultimate. Just yeah. what are some of the th- big challenges you've thought, Or oh, that really tested me, might have tested you as a person, might yes. have tested your relationship and, you know, ultimately how did you overcome it and how did you get through it?
1: Um, starting off in this way, because it's, it's kind of coming up now, is my my eldest going to secondary school, you know, not being, being a father of a young woman. It's very challenging because she was, she was like a baby, a daughter, and, and then now she's, she's, you know, becoming a teenager and she's going through her changes, her you know, in, in, in her body, in her mood and, and everything. She's becoming a young woman. So that's where I had to really check in with myself and go, you know what, she's not, not, I'm not a baby anymore and you need to kind of, the way you, you're communicating with her, speaking to her and, and know that she knows what's going on in the outside world as well. <laughs> and not kind of like, oh, she doesn't know about X, Y, and Z, but she does. You know, and that's been very challenging. And it's almost like, um, you know, um, when you when you speak to speak to her at the beginning, it's just like, well, you know, don't walk away from me. Like, you know, obviously I've been a teenager, you've been mm. a teenager, you know what's happening with you. You don't know what's going on, really. It's that funny stage of life where you're not a child and you're not an adult. You're right smack bang in between and you don't know what it is is going on really at that point. And you wish someone, I wish someone had said to me when I was a teenager, you know what, you've only got a couple of years and then you'll be all right. And it's kind of like trying to reassure them at that stage. But yeah, at the beginning, it's kind of like, you know, the kind of eye rolling and the kind of, you know, all these sorts of things where, you know, the, like when you say something to them and things like that and you, and your dad's stories don't work anymore. It's like, you know, I've heard that one before kind of thing. And I realized, okay, look, she's not responding to this anymore, right? So what do I need to do is that, you know, when things coming up with her, I'm grateful she's coming to talk to me about it and say, look, daddy, look, this is going on, right? And then I'm able to lean in and give a bit of my worldly knowledge and my advice and say, because it's topical, then she's coming to ask me as well. So I'm not, I've learned to kind of not go in there with two feet first and kind of allowing things to, to happen. So that's a challenge like right now, which has been massive. And uh, Gurleen lean um she's um been recently diagnosed with adhd as well so that has been very challenging uh for us as we um learn how she works differently how her brain works differently and we're all neurodiverse we all think differently we all feel differently we all do these things so it's it's learning all of that that's been a big learning for my for my wife and i we didn't know anything about this condition and how she responds to things and and how she is That's been very challenging because at first we thought it was behavioural issues and we're trying to parent the normal, traditional way, but it's not working, right? And she doesn't respond to things the way some of our other children do. And we're like, well, what's going on here? How do we manage this? How do we manage, you know, how she's feeling and behaving and responding to us and all these things has been a huge challenge. And that's an ongoing challenge. And that's, again, I've had to check in with myself and go, look, just because she gets upset, it's not a bad day right before it was like, Oh, you know, we've done all these things as a family and you know, then she gets frustrated and she gets upset and then oh, the days are right office. It's, it's a bad day. It's not a bad day. So we've, we've learned to celebrate when she has wins, but also when she has setbacks, like anybody would have setbacks every day. We don't basically say, okay, that, that that's bad. So we've kind of, you know, working our way through that at the moment. Um, yeah, there's been lots of challenges, but I think those two are coming up at the moment. And the other thing is as well, personally, I think, you know, trying to navigate between if you've got older children that have got, you know, that need you psychologically and you've got younger children that need you physically. Right. So the boys need us physically. They need us hands on with them all the time. The girls they need us slightly differently at the moment. It's like having that balance of knowing that. Um, almost you know and knowing that's different that like you're going to care for your child in the early years in that physical way mm. you know, that's that's your role but then as they're getting older you're going to need to d- deal with it emotionally and it's going to be uncomfortable you're going to have uncomfortable conversations with them and it's well like at the end of the day the way that we see it is that you either have these uncomfortable conversations with them right or you leave it to the outside and that's not what you want to do Right. Because we grew up and we didn't really have these conversations with our parents. We learned about things in the playground and that's sometimes you're leaving up to is it right or wrong. You don't know. So here you can as they're growing up, you can tailor things to their age and speak to them accordingly. Right. And you're giving them the version that is the truth for their age. As they're growing older, they're going to learn about things outside in the world and you're always open and approachable to talking about because that you know that hey, they're going to come back and they can talk to you about it it's a big thing because other I've seen unfortunately some parents they uncomfortable and they don't want to talk about certain things and they'll just say doesn't exist like right? or we're not talking about this or and you can't do that because it's different from when we were growing up kids are just they just know and they can find out in a split second now it's
0: interesting what you were saying there and there's a couple of bits I want to touch on I want to touch on you know like you talking about being open with, with your, you, you, your kids and the, especially when they got older and, you know, ways of building trust mm-hmm. with, with, yes. you know, teenage kids specifically. Um, but what I think one of the things which I think scares me is, um, the access to information and yeah. social media and the way yeah. literally they've just got everything at the, you know, at the touch of the, you know, literally laptop or phone. How do you manage phone usage and like social media usage
1: mm. and we, and
0: how do you build you know how do
1: you build trust and how do you sort of navigate this i think you got to realize that because at first you, you may say oh your child is getting a phone at this age right but you haven't really thought about it because then we were like oh yeah i mean someone's gonna get a phone at this age but then we realise that since she went to secondary school we needed to contact her we needed to phone her to find out where she is where she needs picking up from and all these sorts of things so you you, you're going to have to adapt to that and the other thing is as well all the other kids have got these things as well so it's kind of like well you know like I said to you um are you going to give her your version or allow her to get that from outside um so being in control about having that conversation to say well you know you need this um device or whatever it is um and you know you need it for these things and we're buying it for you and you know having that conversation but also know that look you can't be too hard on them at the beginning because phones are designed in certain ways you know that our usage is important how they see us use our phone right because if we're using it for entertainment And we can't really have a go at them and say, why are you getting entertainment out of your phone when you should be doing this, that and the other? Because that's how it's designed to capture their attention. But I think having an agreement with them is really important because it can't be that, you know, as a parent, you're punishing your kids and taking things away from them, whether it's their mobile, it's their PlayStation or whatever it is that they rely on yeah it can't be the thing that you go to ha- things have changed now where you have to have a conversation with them because otherwise if something happens you get frustrated you get angry they do something you're you're fraying around punishments left right and center i'm taking that phone off you you're not using the playstation for a month you're not going out of the house but the- you don't know what you're doing and they've got no idea what mum or dad are doing because they're like hang on a minute that's not fair and and all these things so y- you need to Have a conversation with them and say, look, if you've noticed something, so if you notice their phone usage, right, because they go to school, you know, uh, eight hours a day or whatever it is. If their phone usage is eight hours in a day, that's a lot, for example. So then you need to observe how they're using it, right? Are they taking it everywhere they go or are they, you know, whatever it is. So observing that and say, look, having a conversation and going, look, I've just noticed this, right? What do you think about us having a weekend where you don't use your phone? I don't know for example and having having a conversation and having an agreement with them agreeing with them okay that's probably a good idea because i've noticed this that and the other um and yeah involving them in it all the time you have to it can't be like that um because again that they're looking at you going and they'll say to you well you do that with your phone so i can do that with my phone and again. Children see, children do, right? They're <laughs> yeah. not, not going to listen to what we say. They're going to do what we do. And then we have to Then we have to say, oh, you know, I'm working. I'm using my phone for this, that. And yeah, they we obviously have to say these things. But we know deep down at some point we do get some enjoyment out of our phone. So we need to kind of – but we need to be mindful, as you said. We need to protect them and know that these things, certain things are not safe for them yeah. on there, right? And they're at a certain age where they're being exposed to certain things. So you're going to need to filter if they're using certain apps, then you're going to need to filter them to make sure that there's some parental controls on these devices for them for their own safety, because this is a dangerous thing. Things could be going on without you knowing you need to be up to date with, you know, things and I've certain parents that I've spoken to and they're like, I don't do social media. I don't do this. And I don't, I get that. I get the drawbacks of it. But if you're not up to date with what's going on, then they'll pass you by. And then there'll be that kind of like, Oh my God, I don't know about X, Y, and Z and then sometimes it's too late, you know. You can't go back then. Whereas if you've got some idea about what they're doing on there, what the usage, what these apps do, what they could potentially be exposed to, it's it's really important to be treat wise like that.
0: Yeah. I like the idea of um giving your truth rather than, you know, letting them find someone else's yeah. truth and oh, you know, creating like a, a an environment where you know, they can, they can talk to you and, you know, you're, you're sort of, you know, age appropriately, honestly. But I think like, it is the way, like we didn't have access to, to this stuff, you know, when we were younger, (laughs) and like, and I think it does, it does sort of scare me. But then at the same time, I think like my parents always were very open with me Mm. and I don't know, you know, we were, you know, we, we had a lot of like open conversations and like, I I always felt that I could go to them with anything. And I think like,
1: yeah, I think that's,
0: for any parent
1: that's if you ask any parent that's the ideal scenario for them my child can talk to me about anything they can come to me Mm. that's what you want right that's that's the ideal that's a parenting win
0: yeah cool um what was the most unexpected thing about parenthood for you is there anything that happened and you were like oh my god what's this or you know do you think that just sort of built up built up and
1: i think you learn for the unexpected to happen all the time, like I said, with plans that you have and things changing, like you know um you're doing the school run one morning, or you know you're you're not doing it, you are doing it, and you know rushing around and sometimes' it's, you know like I said, unexpected things will happen, right, normally when you're not on time, right you know some cereal will end up on the floor, be some sick in the car, or God knows what will happen that will just take you off course, and you know. Is is knowing how to navigate these are long journeys. Like we went on a like a family retreat like in December and we drove up from here. We were going up to the Midlands. It took us about six hours getting there because there was two two cases of sickness along the way to stop off here, this, that, and the other. But we got there, we managed it in the end. So I'm really a believer, and that's built up over time, that we can navigate any situation. That there's always a way around it that like you can okay, whatever's happened is happened. But how do we deal with that? How do we navigate around that so that it doesn't stop us from doing whatever it is? So there's always unexpected things that will happen. The small things, probably in a day, you know, how many things will happen that you don't expect a child to do? Because we expect them, they're going to, this is the thing, we expect that they're going to do what we say, but they're not, they're their own person, right? You know, whatever we, they're going to eat what we tell them to eat. We're going to do, you know, they're they're not going to, they're going to, we'll figure that out after a while. So the unexpected is always happening all the time. And this is the thing with it. When you're after a while, when you become like, you get it right. That unexpected things are going to happen and you're going to have to adapt and adjust. That's, that's the good place to be because other times things will happen. It'll be like, Oh my God, I expected this to happen and this has happened. And then you just freeze (laughs) and you you realize over time that, you know, expect the unexpected. Yeah.
0: Just have no expectations. Plan for it. You know, it's going to happen. Right. Try and,
1: yeah we'll see this scenario that this could happen that could happen that could you know <laughs> try your
0: best and <laughs> always expect an unknown to happen yeah, as well. yeah um what advice um would you give yourself but also would you give someone like me who's go just about to go into this world yeah. like what what advice could you give me around you know being a dad but also being like there for for my girlfriend and be and you know making sure that I'm you know I'm Being
1: as considerate as possible I think it goes back to what I said uh, You know, look at yourself And you know Celebrate the things that you achieve As a father, yeah, these milestones That you have yourself And that your child has as well Because it is a celebration Right, it is you evolving as well Right, it's you being Your authentic self and Being on that journey And you know, you need to acknowledge these moments Because time goes fast kids are going to grow up quickly. And you also have these memories, build these memories, whatever they are, you know. Um, and like I said, give yourself a pat on the back. Yeah, tell yourself, you know, almost talk to yourself through it, right? And know where you are always, because like I said, some if you just keep things built up inside you, things may not be as bad as you think they are, right? Always kind of check in with yourself and, and with your partner especially, you know, look at, you know, how they are feeling, right if they're feeling overwhelmed or look at see what you can do speak to them talk to them because sometimes for them if they are alone with the child all the time then they're not getting an adult conversation maybe right they your your wife maybe let's say in a scenario that you go out to work and um, your wife is at home with the child all day she may not be able to do x y and z during the day yeah and it's almost like when you walk through the door she's like here's the baby because i need to and you're like i just come back from work Shattered Like do you see what I mean It's things like that After we You, you know Support each other um, Through this Is really important At the beginning When you're kind of Finding your feet um, As well I think it's really important And know that You know You're doing it together Is is it's a really important thing And your child needs Mother and father And and you know Always Always acknowledge that Embrace each other Embrace your child Where, where your child is at And you will see it Like I loved it When they were getting to 18 months and they're starting to build their character and they're starting to find their feet and they're starting to say things and they're starting to really connect. You really connect with them at that. And there's certain stages of life where you just, just like freeze frame them and go, stay like this for now. And then obviously then you get to the next stage and the next stage and you're always going to be evolving and developing as a parent. Like look at us now, look how old we are, but our parents are still our parents, right? It's still, we're still with their children, right? Your, your child is always going to be a child.
0: Mm. and what's the best thing about being a dad
1: well the best thing about being a dad is i've said this before that you could be having the worst day in the world but as soon as you walk through that door and you see your child they light up when they see you they come running towards you all your troubles go away it's just they've got that they've got that magic in them that nobody else in the world can do that to you but your child can just lift you up and they won't even know about it right and the other thing is that when they're young especially i love it when they when you step into their world and you see things through their eyes, because they tell you things that you didn't even know was possible. Like when you, st- when you step into their world, right? It's just amazing. I find it so therapeutic because they live moment to moment. They don't know what they're doing in five minutes, 10 minutes, one hour. They've got no, no schedule, right? And you step into their world and it's, I find it, I, I love it. Because our world is so organized, right? I find it so therapeutic. Just ju- stepping in and looking at the world through their eyes, for however long it is
0: amazing thanks so much
1: thank you very much That's appreciate it. thanks for your time great great grateful being for great being on started. here thank you